All right, let's go. Let's go. Hello, everyone. I am Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. I'm Kai Rizdahl. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday. Yes, we are going to talk about the news that caught our eye today and then end with some stories that made us smile. Uh, So let's get started with those stories that caught our eye. The news fix. Kai, you want to go first? Uh, Yeah, mine, uh, you know, the original purpose of having a news fix and and this entire podcast was to do stories that maybe you missed in the crush of the pandemic. And obviously the pandemic is, is, uh, well, the president says it's over, but we know it's not. But it's it's less present on people's minds, and there's news uh, otherwise that uh, takes up a lot of bandwidth. All of which is to say, y- y'all have probably heard or seen this story, but I just think it's amazeballs, and I'm going to timestamp this. So Putin gives this speech yesterday, and he announces a call-up of 300,000 Russian men between the ages of, I think, like 17 and, I don't know, military age. Uh-huh. All so that was two days ago. All sto- all kinds of stories out of Russia today. Video, wrenching video of these men leaving their wives, their partners, their children behind, parents, and heading off to be conscripted into the Russian army in a really um, hmm kind of situation in Ukraine. Right? I mean, the Russians are right now getting uh, spanked uh, after some success mm. early on. The Ukrainians are on the offensive. They're getting lots of support from the West. The Ukrainians are. And now um, Putin's going to send 300,000 conscripts uh, into Ukraine to help him recover. So two things about this. Number one, I'm going to timestamp it, right, time it right here. I think this is where Putin overreached and yep. the Russian population starts turning against him because until now... He's been able to keep that war largely isolated from the general Russian population. And now with Uh 300,000 people being called up, that has changed, right? And there's all kinds of protests in Moscow and other cities. And lots more people will come home um, dead, honestly. Uh, So that's number one. Uh, Number two is— Yeah, go ahead. The other thing that happens when you send 300,000 young or older men— is that's 300,000 more people to report back what's really happening, which right, is going right, right. to affect the propaganda machine as well. Right, right. Absolutely. Great point. Great point. Um, so that's number one. Number two, uh, I commend to everybody's attention uh, the Daily from the New York Times today, uh, which is not with my uh, all-time favorite podcast host, uh, who usually hosts that, whose style uh, I just have come to love and adore so much. You should see the skeptical look on my face. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it's with the other host. He's of that got podcast. an amazing anyway. cadence and way of speaking, oh, doesn't he? God, it's unbelievable. <laughs> well, and it's just the repetition of, of the question. But anyway, 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 that's a whole different podcast. Um, just listen to The Daily today for their Moscow correspondence analysis of what this all means. And, and the short answer is it's nothing good for anybody. It, and I just think this is a huge story. I think this is the moment uh, Putin has overstepped. And here's hoping that that's actually the case. I mean, but at what cost? Jeez. Well, yeah, oh, for sure. A lot worse. For sure. Um, For sure. 100%. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, my news fix actually does kind of harken back to the things you may have missed in the pandemic. Um, Another epidemic in this country is the opioid crisis, right? Mm. We're losing hundreds of thousands of people to opioid addiction, um, overdose, and things like that. There is a, 
like simple and easy way to literally save someone's life if they're overdosing, which is this opioid reversal drug called naloxone. And you may have seen these on TV. It's like a little spray bottle and it's kind of like a shortish one, mm-hmm. almost like the little um, nasal sprays that you do for allergies in the morning. But it is a drug that works and can literally like save somebody if they're actively having an overdose. And so the FDA has said over time that this is a good thing and the Biden administration wants it to be more widely available. But because of weird rules around the fact that it's all the um, approved versions of this, Uh more glass is falling in my house. Oh, no. We, we should we should say Kimberly had a, okay, had, a I have to, had a glass mishap. Yeah. <laughs> I came into my house and like randomly one of the wall uh, d- glass walls of, of these cabinets I have for my plants it's just shattered and there's glass everywhere and I don't think it was Jasper and I have no idea how this happened so if you hear crashing noises this is more of the glass wall collapsing in my bedroom. So that's going to be my fun activity tonight is cleaning up all this glass. Um, And my working theory is that I think the fire alarm went off today and it's really loud. And I wonder if that shattered it. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Back to naloxone. So due to sort of just rules around how you distribute prescription drugs, it's made it harder for groups and individuals to sort of get access to this. You had to go through sort of wholesalers or governments in order to give these things out. So here in D.C., the D.C. Department of Health will let you go onto a little website, give your address, and they will just bring you one of these kits, no questions asked. You can go to a bunch of pharmacies and get these kits that include a little guide of how to recognize when someone's having an overdose, how how to give them this medicine, save somebody's life, right? And so I have like two of these things. And Hmm. the FDA has issued new guidance that it's not going to enforce certain, as they call, I'm reading from Bloomberg Law here, certain Drug Supply Chain Security Act requirements on programs distributing naloxone to underserved communities while in an opioid public health emergency, which we are. So this basically means that more people can have access to this with fewer barriers. So rather than it having to come from like your government department of health, maybe your church could get a supply and hand them out in the community or a school could have them in, you Mm -hmm. know, and give them to students or something like that. So it's a life-saving drug and it's now going to be more accessible. And I think that's really great. And hopefully we'll sort of decrease the stigma of having it on hand because you never know when, when you could save somebody's life with this drug. So there's that. Yep, totally. That true. is my news fix. Good. Yes. That's good. That's good news. That is good news. Yeah. Which gets us to making me smile. Holy cow. One, two, three, four, five. You got five. <laughs> I've got five. Are you still there? I sounded like your line I'm dropped. Up. No, you're there? Oh, okay, no, no. Really? All I'm right, right here. It, it was just a We're weird right? distortion. Yep, you're back now. So let's just keep going through. You've let's got, just keep going. Yes. Yeah. I do. You've got I have five. five. Go. Holy cow. I have five. Go. So the first ones that are actually at the bottom of this list, I uh, am going to point you to two Twitter comments because I love how fixated folks in the audience are on this um, 
answer to, or it was from What Do You Want to Know Wednesday, where someone asked a question about whether or not we could deal with the CO2 shortage by using up um, everyone's old soda streams to make beer, right? So Mm -hmm. two interesting points. First of all, Todd Alstrom sent us both a tweet today saying SodaStream released a product called Beer Bar in 2016 for Germany and Switzerland only. And he points to this press release, and I look, and sure enough, it's a soda stream where you get this little beer syrup, and you add it to the soda stream, and sure enough, you get beer. They don't seem to be selling it anymore, although someone correct me if I'm wrong, and it seemed to only be in Germany and Italy. Second tweet from uh, one of our listeners, Carrie, who says, the soda stream to boost flat beer is a great idea. However, those also use CO2 tanks. (laughs) So will the supply issue also impact this? I use this. I use mine for carbonated water daily, but periodically need a new CO2 tank, which I read that and I was like, well, duh. I, I should say here, Todd Alstrom <laughs> is a guy who knows his beer, right? He started Beer Advocate. So, um, hmm. so he's somebody. And, and I'll tell you what, um, given the technical problems that we're having, clearly I'm in this bleepity bleep bleep shed and ads. <laughs> Um, Jesus. Let's just wrap it up, shall we? Let's get out of here. We're yes. done. We're back tomorrow. Okay. I've got I've got to figure out some equipment. Um, economics on tap. I'll know the drill. 6.30, 3.30, news, half full, half empty. Let's get out of here. Yeah, all the normal make me smart things. Email us, call us. Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera. Olivia Zhao is our intern. Today's episode was engineered by Juan Carlos Torado. Bridget Bodner is the senior producer. Donna Tam is the director of On Demand. I wasn't going to make you read anything else, Kai. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Heads up, play. Trained audio professional right there. Kimberly Adams. Please. Yes. Get it done, even with glass falling around me. That's right. Glass is <laughs> falling for you. My connectivity sucks. Yeah, it's all good. You know, hey, Zeus, our tech producer, says, like, everything's in retrograde right now, so this makes sense. Uh, Well, there you go. There you go. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending, like, all my tips. I was definitely spending, like, $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.